For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love John, the disciple John, John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27 will be today as we're looking at things that we can learn from John. There are many great truths, many principles, many good characteristics that we can learn from John. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for those that have given. Uh, I want to encourage anyone out there that if uh, anyone has a, a, something they'd like to donate, a piece of land and a building, uh, one day we would like to have a place for young people to gather and uh, have a Bible study, some preaching, uh, shoot some slingshots, catch some fish, whatever the case may be. But uh, I believe someday the Lord's going to provide that. And so I'm just putting it out there. If God ever lays it on your heart, amen, there needs to be a place like that around here for young people a good godly place so the gospel of john chapter 19 verse 26 and 27 the bible says when jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved he saith unto his mother woman behold thy son then saith he to the disciple behold thy mother and from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. What trust Jesus saw in John. Now let me remind you that John was not actually just something special. It's just that John wanted to be close to Jesus. Jesus didn't pick somebody out and say, I'm going to love him more than others. No, sir, no, ma'am. See, it was John that decided, I'm going to love Jesus as much as I possibly can. And so that's why he's referred to as John the Beloved. It was his love for Jesus. Jesus loves us all the same. As you well know, a good parent will love each and every one of their kids the same. They will not show favoritism. Why? Because that would be unfair. And let me tell you, we serve a fair, righteous, just, and holy God. So it would have been wrong for Jesus to show favoritism to somebody else, but it's not wrong for you to show all the love that you can to Jesus. And I believe that's what John was doing. And of course, Jesus loved him for that and saw some faithfulness in him. Maybe he wasn't the most skilled. Maybe he wasn't the most articulate. Maybe he wasn't uh, the, the most a skilled person there was as far as the disciples go, whether it be in the word, whether it be in deeds, or whether it be in his hand. But Jesus thought enough of him to say when he was dying on the cross, this is my mother. This is my earthly mother. 
I want you to take care of her like she is your own. You are now her son. And mom, you are now his mother. And so much so that Jesus turned his mother over to John and turned John over to his mother. And she stayed with John and he looked after her. That's how much Jesus thought of John. I tell you, that says a lot because you know, yes, he was God in the flesh. Yes, he was, but that was still his mother. Don't you know he loved his mother? Remember that she said, yes, I will bear Jesus. They didn't force that upon her. She agreed to that. And the Holy Spirit is one that brought that about. He was born of a virgin. Amen. And so don't you know he loved his mother. And so for him to turn his mother over to John, he must have thought a lot of John. Look out for her. Watch over her. Take care of her. She is now your mother. Take her home with you and watch over her. Amen. May we be like John. We may, we, may we draw so close to John that Jesus sees so much faithfulness in us that he would give us something like that to be taken care of, to be, have some responsibility. And can I just say, all of us have that. If you have a family, if you have a mother, and you do, and if you have a wife, if you have a husband, if you have children, I mean, God has given you something to take care of that, that can be God-honoring, that you can invest in that person and look out for them and take care of them. Don't forget that. That just as Jesus, it's like a gift, here is my mother, just as the people in the family in your life, your wife, your husband, your children, they are a gift from God. Amen. The Bible makes that so clear that uh, 1 Corinthians eleven nine. nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. You know what that says? That means that my wife is a gift to me from God. Your wife is a gift to you from God. Your spouse and your children are a gift to you from God. And let's treat them that way. Let's act in that way. Let's have that much responsibility about us like John did. That Jesus says, I know I can trust you with my most cared, my most loved thing. Amen. He saw that John would stand for what is right. And it may seem obvious that, yes, we realize I, I got to stand for what's right but standing when you stand for what's right that involves you standing against something that is wrong you have to stand against something that's wrong to stand for what is right because there'll always be somebody always being somebody saying trying to push something on you and you have to do this you have to accept this you have to take this no you don't you just simply have to love and stand for the lord jesus christ and on his word amen that 18th century political thinker, Edmund Burke, he had a famous quote. He most certainly did. And, and I like this. He says, all that is necessary for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. All that is necessary for evil to prosper is for a good man to do absolutely nothing. Let's take it one step further. The lady that was the president of the NRA, and this came from a lady, I believe it was. She said, the only thing that's ever stopped a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. He's standing for what is right. So John, John loved Christ 
And that love constrained him to do what was right. That love constrained him to stand on the truths of the word of God. God had saved him. He had set his feet on solid ground. And he said, you know what? From now on, because of my love for the Lord Jesus Christ, my love for his word, my love for God, I am going to stand on the truth, the ground and the pillar of truth, which is the word of God. Amen. And Jesus saw that and he said, hey, behold, this is your mother and mother. Now this is your son, John. Watch over her. And I'm going to tell you, if you stand for what's right, it's going to cost you something. And I've often thought of this, the Liberty Bell in America. Don't you know that liberty, the idea from liberty, individual liberty came right out of the Bible. Uh, if you're saved and born again, you have an individual liberty before God. Right? That means you have the freedom, the choice to choose what is right or what is wrong. Now, there's going to be, there's going to be consequences for what is wrong, and there'll be consequences for what is right, but there'll be good consequences for what is right. But you have the individual liberty to make that choice. And see, the Liberty Bell stands for something that's true. And if you look at the Liberty Bell, it's got a giant crack in it. And I thought about this, or maybe the Lord just showed it to me one day, but that bell stands for something. That bell stands for truth. You know that bell has a Bible verse on it? Absolutely it does. And let me just tell you, when you stand for truth, you're going to get cracked. You're going to get chipped. You might get a hole in you. You might get some corrosion on you. But you do just like that bell. You keep right on standing for what is right you keep right on standing for what is true you just do like just like that bell you put the scripture right out there as that bell does if you've never looked at the liberty bell i encourage you to check it out so it's going to cost you something if you stand for truth as senator john mccain found that out you know he was a prisoner of war he spent five years five and a half years uh in the vietnam in a prisoner war camp that had to be tough. Five and a half years is a long time. Just just one night would be a long time, but five and a half years, you'd start to forget, you know, what regular life was like. But one day there was some, some rules changed, and, and the NVA got involved, and they changed some things up, and they brought in, instead of being an individual cell, they put them in cells where there's 30 and 40 men in one room now i'm sure that was a great change for him because now i have some company there's other americans and there just so happened to be there was this one young man that moved in here in that room with him by the name of mike christian and let me tell you mike christian he was from a small town in selma alabama that's where he was from you know he didn't wear shoes till he was 13 years old he grew up in the country. This is a country boy. But you know what? He, he joined the Navy when he was 17, and he went off to officer training school. Then he became a naval flight officer, and he got shot down. That's how he wound up in that concentration camp as a prisoner of war. But let me tell you, Mike, he stood for something. And on the inside of his shirt, he had gotten hold of a bamboo needle, and he had sewed an American flag on the inside of his shirt. And every night before those prisoners would eat their soup, because that's all they got, they would hang that shirt up and every one of them would stand up and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. You know, that may not mean a lot to us now. It may have not meant a lot to them then. 
But as in their own words, they said, it meant more to us when they were in that cell than you could ever imagine. When they once a day, they would stand up and they would hang that shirt on the wall. And I would say, I pledge allegiance to the flag. Well, one day they came in and they raided that cell and they found that shirt with the flag he had shown on the inside of it. And they, they drug him out. Those Vietnamese, they, they took that shirt away from him and they drug him out and they beat him for the next couple of hours uh, right in front of everybody. And then they threw him back in the cell with the rest of the men. And J Senator John McCain said they cleaned him up the best that they possibly could. There was a bunch of lights that were just naked light bulbs hanging down uh, in each corner. So they did everything they could to, to clean him up. And the next thing you know, once the excitement died down and everybody was calm and sitting around, they looked over and there was that guy, Mike, sitting in the corner with his shirt inside out. He had gotten a hold of a bamboo needle and he was sewing another flag on the inside of his shirt with his eyes swelled shut he could barely see he was committed to that you know when you stand for the truth it's going to cost you something let's be like him no matter what no matter how beat down we are our eyes are so swelled up we can't see out of them but that guy mike said i'm gonna stand for the flag he put his heart and soul in it may we as christians look at that and go man i'm gonna stand for god's word just like that even when i've been beaten down run over my eyes are swelled shut when i'm thrown down in the corner laying down in the muck and the mire i'm still gonna believe i'm still gonna stand i'm still gonna quote i'm still gonna preach god's word amen john did that john stood for what was right john stood against heresy john in second john chapter Second uh, John 7 tells you, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. John wasn't, he wasn't the least bit hesitant as to pointing that out against false doctrine. Uh, they'd probably call him intolerant. And let me just tell you, you don't use words like that when you're trying to get along with everybody. You don't use words like a deceiver or an antichrist. You don't, those words don't come out of your mouth when you're worried about uh, your paycheck or who's going to pay you or where this is coming from or where that's coming from. So John here wasn't holding back. He was saying exactly what he, what he thought. He was giving it at all. He was telling the truth is what he was doing. John didn't really worry about getting along with people, but John worried about getting along with the Lord Jesus Christ and standing in the right standing with him. He stood squarely on top of the truth of the word of God, and we should do the same. What a great example that is. Amen. He stood against backsliding. Second John 8 tells you, Look to yourselves that we lose not these things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward don't lose the things you've been working for for the lord jesus christ by sliding back into sin what do you have to do to start sliding back do you have to like jump into some deep sin and uh, start watching uh, pornography or or being involved in drinking things things you shouldn't do and no those are horrible things and they'll take you down the wrong road but let me tell you to start backsliding you know what you got to do just stop moving forward 
My mother always told me, and still does, Michael, there's no standing still with the Lord. Either you're moving forward or you're backsliding. Because once you stop moving forward, you automatically start backsliding. It's because of our human nature, our, our flesh nature. We want what we want. And John is saying here, look to yourselves. Don't lose your reward. Keep it. Keep working at what God has given you. John knew that there was but one way to heaven, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. By repentance and salvation. When you realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and that you can't save yourself, and that one day death's going to knock on your door, and you'll stand before a holy God and give an account for your life. Once you realize that you're a sinner, and what Christ did on that cross, He didn't just die. No, the Bible says that God laid the sins of the world on Him. He laid your sin on Him. But listen to me, you have got to believe in what He did on that cross. Repent of your sins. That's ask for forgiveness for Him, and be true hearted about it and look at jesus and what he did on that cross and he died and he suffered and he was buried but he didn't just die and bury get buried the bible says that he rose again the third day defeating death hell and the grave they could not hold him amen and you can put your faith and trust in him for eternal life why because that same power that resided in jesus will now reside in you a piece of the holy spirit will move inside of you and that's what the bible talks about is sealed sealed unto the day of redemption the day until either you pass away or the lord jesus christ comes back for his bride amen in the current religious thing everybody tries to get along with everybody and everything goes but can I just tell you, that's, that's total and absolute disregard for what's the real truth. God's Word gives you the truth. Look at it for yourself. Read it for yourself. It worries me when you go to a church and nobody's carrying a Bible. It worries me if somebody stands up to preach and they don't say, open your Bible to this passage. Why? Because... You need to see it with your own eyes. You need to believe it for your own self. Don't believe it because the preacher said it. Don't believe it because the pastor said it. Don't believe because your mom and daddy said it. Don't believe it because grandma said it. You listen to me. You believe it because God said it. You can look at it for yourself and say, I know. I've answered these questions. I know this is real. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Do you know that you know that you know that you have been born again. Stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way. He is the only door to heaven. He is the only door to God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And listen to me, there's great rewards for standing on that truth once you're saved. There's great reward for telling others about the truth. And he reminded them, John reminded them, he's reminding us, he's reminding you of that reward. Say, hey, stand on it faithfully. God's going to reward us. Now, we're not going to be worthy of the rewards. The Bible tells us he's going to give us crowns, but we're going to cast them at his feet. You listen to me. It's going to be a sad day when a lot of preachers stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account. It's going to be a sad day when a lot of pastors stand before Christ and they give an account for the people that they were responsible for, for watching for their soul. If you're in that position, I hope you take that dead serious, like just like you're standing before God right now and you're giving an account 
if you look down on your people, if you run over your people, if you treat them bad, if you misuse them, if you take from them, listen to me, you're going to answer to God Almighty for that. Because He is going to hold you to the highest standard possible because He's put you in a position of authority and leadership. He's not going to hold the people that responsible that hold the door or put money off in the parade. No, but he is definitely, definitely going to hold those people that have a position of authority like that to a much higher standard. So I hope if you're in that position, you take it that serious. Amen? And I'm sure, I'm sure that most do. But there are some that don't. What a blessing it is to read the Gospel of John. Amen? John, you know, he was beloved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And John experienced some very unique blessings because of that, because of his love and Jesus' love for him. John was blessed and he was able to see the things that other disciples did not get to see as close up. One would be the transfiguration. John was blessed in that he was able to see the things that no other living human could ever see. He saw the astounding vision of revelations on that island of Patmos, and he penned revelations. God used him to do that. No other human being has saw that. God also blessed him with longevity of life and extended his time of ministry. You say, my health's not good, but I want to serve God. God, listen to me, God's the one that puts health in your bones. God's the one that keeps you healthy. God's the one that gives you strength. God, just like he did John, listen to me, they tried to kill John, they dipped him in a pot of boiling oil. Can you imagine what he looked like after that? But it did not kill him. He lived many years after that. And there's some in the Bible, there's some in the Old Testament that said, Caleb, he's, when he was 85, when he went to the promised land, he said, I'm just as strong now as when I was 40. I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to go to battle. God has kept me. He has given me my strength. Why? So that he could finish his ministry, just like he did with John as he wrote Revelation. God can give you that strength. John, we believe, was the only one that wasn't martyred for his faith, but yet the Lord called him home. He belonged to him. Do you belong to him? Do you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Do you have no question that tonight... If your heart stopped beating, if you took your last breath, where you would be, where you would spend eternity, and you say, you're trying to scare me, preacher. Yes, I am. I'm trying to let you know how real hell truly is. The Bible says that there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, gnawing of tongue, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell is a one-way door. There's no way out. There's no escape. But there is an escape while you're here on earth. There is an escape. While you have breath in you, you can repent of your sins and put your faith and work in the finished cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And your name will gloriously be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible says that heaven will rejoice when you get saved. The Bible even says it brings joy into heaven when one sinner is saved. You say, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're sitting in a cell because you've got triple homicide and you did it and there's a whole lot more that nobody knows about. You listen to me. God can save your soul. 
He can write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He can make you a new creature. Don't you know that the Apostle Paul was a murderer before he got saved? He would drag people out of the street and have them stoned right there in front of everybody and killed. But yet the Lord Jesus Christ saved him and used him to pen a lot of the New Testament. That's right. He wrote a lot of New Testament, but he killed many Christians before that. The Lord Jesus Christ can do the same in your heart today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, will you believe him? Will you put your faith and trust in him? Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. 3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.